Well, it's Wednesday. It may be hump day, but here on Sports Talk, we've the first of our sideline cut podcast looking at hurlings Joe McDonough, Christy Ring, Nicky Rackard and Laurie Marcups. Uh, you're joined uh, by me, Colleen Duffy and Kieran Johnson. Uh, I was going to say a former Antrim hurler, but we can't say that, Kieran, because uh, uh, you're on a bit of a sabbatical through injury at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a, that's a word we were looking for. Um, sabbatical. I've been struggling with the hip injury there, as many many players around the country have at this stage. And um, I just decided this year was after a consultation with a few medical experts. That this year was time just to step away for a year anyway, and give myself and my body that bit of time to recuperate because I'm only 24 and I, I want to prolong my career as much as possible. So we're just saying there before we went on air, uh, getting a bit of a break from the rigors of inter county hurling, but it's uh, busy enough with the clubs up in Antrim at the moment as well yeah listen um i think we, we we've played uh four rounds of the hurling league and it's the hurling league's about to recommence next week and we've also played four rounds of the football league so i mean that's eight weeks in itself there of, of competitive games and under in fairness to them in terms of club games this time of year are very good in terms of quantity and the volume of games that you're getting so that's all that's nice to be able to focus your attentions on that but uh you can know, see we can see that with the joe McGonagall and the rest of the other competitions kicking in now it puts that bit of extra pressure on the candy lads but for us lads who are just solely focusing on club it's great yeah well here on sportstalk.ie we'll be looking at these competitions in the McDonough the Ring the Rackard and the Lorimar Cups of course big competitions for all concerned the Joe McDonough is where my native leash your native Antrim are this year and if we start there I suppose the competition named after the former GA president the Galway man of course who did a lot for the GA and uh, of course famed for singing the West Awake when Galway won that hurling All-Ireland in the 80s as well uh, so far the standard of competition is doing them justice and Antrim and Westmead the only sides unbeaten after two rounds of competition bit of a surprise maybe the likes of Leash haven't been winning at least one game so far but I suppose if we talk about Antrim firstly you have to be impressed with what you've seen in the last two weeks yeah absolutely just even just at the outset before uh, I would just like to say that uh, so far from what I've seen and, and the results that the Joe McDonough have thrown up I think it's a fantastic competition you, you have you know you've six sides are here <coughs> totally level playing field and of the same caliber as each other and you can see that in the results and um, Andrum after two games beating Meath and beating Carlo if you'd have said that to him before the competition um, started They'd, they'd have been more than happy with that. Uh, two, two tough games. I think the score down against Meath. Uh, Andrew pulled away in the second half, but it was a very tough game. And obviously, I think it was well documented of how tough a game the Carlo game was at the weekend. But I think Andrew overall they'll be very happy that they're two from two and, and that's what they'd be aiming for Mention Mead there and I suppose just to start off with them looking at that round one class just briefly Mead had been a bit of a sticky wicket for Antrim in the last couple of years we all know what happened in the Christie Ring Cup final there and uh, had to be replayed and, and Mead still came out on top and that was a game that Antrim were supposed to win Mead have made it hard for teams in the last couple of years I know they lost to West Mead last weekend but they're a team who who could trip up a couple of more teams in the games that are still to come in the competition absolutely and uh, as I say in the replay in the Christie Ring final that time they were full value for the win no qualms with that whatsoever and I mean even at the weekend they shot 217 against the Westmeath team any other day 217 is good enough to win you a game 
And the same was against Antrim for the first, I think it's the 2-4 on the board after about 12 minutes against Antrim. And he started so well and it just seemed to just teeter out and the intensity dropped. And I think that's probably something that they'll have to identify themselves. But Meath, they're there on merit. They deserve to be there. And as I said, all the six teams that are in the Joe McDonough are deserving to be there. And that's, that is their, their competition. And that's the pool that they're playing against at the minute. And they're obviously hoping to better themselves. But it's hugely competitive. 216 to 19 points win France from against Carlo on Saturday. Um, just three points in it. Four players sent off. Three for Carlo. A very bruising battle. And I saw a couple of photos of injuries and whatnot. Fairly graphic stuff. Was it really that bad a match? Um, I think those isolated incidents probably overshadowed the actual quality of the game. I mean, two sixteen, not nineteen. Both teams were guilty of soft, bad enough misses at times, and it was a fantastic game. You know, it was a summer's day, the sun was shining, the, the, the pitch, the own clubs, and John's was in immaculate condition, and the game largely for ninety-five percent of it was played in that manner. And that was listen, inter-county hurling. It's aggressive. It's hot. It's hot and heavy. That's what you play for. That's what we expect. Unfortunately, there was instances. Um, I think two of the red cards anyway, one on Antrim and one for Carlo, were debatable in the sense that they possibly could have been yellows, should have been yellows in my opinion. The other two, they are what they are in that sense. And we all have, it was probably a moment of madness or quite rash on those players' parts. But listen, these things happen, you know, when you're in the heat of championship battle, it wasn't nice to see. And I'm sure the players that were involved obviously regret it, but... It was a bruising contest indeed, yeah. I think Andrum suffered a few casualties from it. We'll look ahead to next weekend's games in a couple of minutes' time, but I suppose it will leave Antrim somewhat depleted maybe in terms of injuries. Do you know what the latest is on any of the lads? Um, yeah, well, I was just obviously, I'm lucky enough to have my, my younger brother, Connor. He's he's still hurting the county. He's sent it forward and he was sending me tonight with Megal Armstrong. He sustained a broken arm and he had surgery on Sunday and had a plate put in the arm, so he's going to miss the rest of the competition. And I think also Joe Maskey, who was playing wing-back, and he sustained a broken foot. So I think that he's doubtful also. And um, I'm not overly sure if they're on the Neil McManus injury. I don't think they're too hopeful that he'll play this week anyway. Um, he suffered a, an injury to the groin area anyway. It's quite delicate, so I don't think that uh, he'll be fit for leash. Yeah, that one's a, a tough one to overcome. I can imagine the pain was pretty sore after it. Looking at Carlo, what impressed you about Carlo on Saturday? Andrew and Carlo have obviously played each other in the Leinster round robin last year. We played each other four times and they beat us in the Christie Ring final. But Carlo, they're a quality side. You know, you look to like said, James Doyle, Jim Burns, these guys, you know, Marty Kavanagh, Jack Kavanagh. They have a wealth of talent. I mean, Mount Leinster Rangers, Samoans, Neave Owen, John Michael Nolan. John Michael Nolan for me is one of the best wing half forwards in Ireland. And people laugh when I say it, but he was the Christie Ring Hurler of the Year last year. He was, again, at the weekend, you know, he's a block of a man. He's able to win his own ball. He scores for freely. They, they have some fantastic players, and that's based off the club scene. I would be a, a big fan of Carlos, the style of play. I mean, Colin Bonner, a guy who's a wealth of experience, who came in, Bally Hale, Waterford IT, and he, he brought that bit of finesse to them. And I, th- I think they're a quality side. Obviously, now they're going to suffer from a few suspensions, you would suspect, and be somewhat depleted. But they were missing a few. I think Seamus Murphy and Marty Kavanagh were missing at the weekend. So they'll be two guys that'll be 
keen to get back in the fray. Westmead and Carlow was the Alliance League final pairing in Port Leash a couple of months ago now as it is. Um, Carlow were victors that day, but it's Westmead who, along with Antrim, have done well so far in the Joe McDonough Cup. Two wins from two. Uh, they had a big win over Mead in TG Cusick Park in Mullingar at the weekend, 4.24 to 2.17. The likes of Alan Devine, Angus Clark, Owen Price, Robbie Greville, the usual names coming to the fore once again for Westmead. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the likes of Angus Clark, there are seven points at the weekend, Owen Price, five points, as you say. It's the, it's the, it's the same names coming up again, but they, these lads are quality. I play, actually, funny enough, played against Angus Clark in a, a Division 2 field of Finland in 2007 in Kilkenny. And. Um, to, to my misery that day, he, he done the exact same, <laughs> exactly, and many moons ago, but Angus, even at that stage, he was earmarked for great things, and I mean, you can see that now, it's, he's, what, 25, 26, he's really matured into the player that he is now, Owen Price has soldiered for so many years for Westmeath, he's been fantastic, Robbie Gravel's the same, uh, lucky enough to play with him in DCU, fantastic player, Alan Devine, like, Westmeath, I think, even the last couple of years with the league, they just they failed the final hurdle and they're a fantastic team and I, I was at the league final this year um, in Portlaoise and I watched watched them against Carlo and Michael Rand has been playing a, a great brand of hurling they're an extremely physical team very hard to beat in Cusick Park and I think they're out to prove a point you know the league hasn't been too kind to them but they're a championship team they're a very good side and they're very hard to beat and I, I think they'll be taking full hard from from their two, two wins from two and they'll be aiming to win the competition now at this stage and why not the other two teams in the competition of course are Leash and Kerry and they met in Tralee at Austin Sack Park uh, at the weekend there's uh, a lot of frustration uh, among supporters in Leash at the moment and I know Jack Nolan a, a local journalist uh, wrote in a piece there during the week on Leash today he's disappointed with Leash and he feels it's a pretty low ebb despite the fact that preparations look good they came back early this year things have been looking well there could have been a result or two against teams like Galway in the league it didn't happen for them but a bad start to the championship and they would have been hoping to be in a Crow Park decider there's still a mathematical chance but they've made it very tough now a uh, 320 to 19 point loss to carry at the weekend. Yeah, for, even for me, when you from the outset, of, as you said, from the outset of the competition, if you looked at at least for the highest ranked team in the Joe McDonough, they were able to beat Andrum to retain their uh, Division One B status. So on that on that premise, you'd have said Leash were the best best uh, prep team to, to actually challenge for the competition, but. And especially when you have players like like Chad Dwyer, Roddy King, you know, I see Pecky, Pecky Moore was back and it was great to see him back off injury, you know, a fantastic player. You've the Roland and goal, so you're arguably one of the, you know, he, he would be top 10 in, in my list in terms of keepers. Uh, he's a fantastic keeper. And we experienced this with Andrew, I think one of the years that Kevin Ryan took us and you know, Kerry relegated us out of it. <clears throat> out of the league and then we were eventually knocked out by Carlo out of the Leinster Championship and we were relegated into the Christie ring and, and sometimes you are working hard and things just don't go for you the ball's not breaking for you and you think that you need to do more and just you get you get yourself in the rut and I'm sure Eamon Kelly who's a you know experience of awfully and Kerry he's been around enough county teams to know and 
sometimes it's very hard to put your finger on what the what the issue is, and I'm sure Lisa. Are, are looking at themselves now. Obviously, at the weekend with uh, Potty Lawler being dismissed, it's, it's not going to help things. But yeah, um, as you said, there's still three games to go. They're coming to the Lions Saturday to play Andrum, where they beat Andrum to retain their Division One B status. So I, I wouldn't really shout yet. I think they're too, they're too good of a team, and you know it just takes one performance to change. What about Kerry? Shane Nolan's been a mainstay for years. They've had a settled enough squad in the last couple of years. There's been one or two players added to that. Jack Goulding, Brendan O'Leary and the aforementioned Shane Nolan all got goals in the first half at the weekend against Leash. They've a good enough squad and they could get to a Crow Park decider. Absolutely. Well, you know, as I said, Shane Nolan, um, as you alluded to, Jack Goling, these guys have graduated through the under-21 ranks. You've seen them playing the under-21B All-Ireland. And then you have Potty Boyle, Mickey Boyle, Tom Ernian, represented Munster in the Railway Cup. Like, uh, Kerry have a wealth of players. Brendan Cummins obviously been in their stages. Conor Gleeson was in his stages. They, these guys, their quality, and I think they showed that at the weekend. I think Jack, I seen a clip of Jack Goling's goal, and it was it was an unbelievable strike, you know. And the Roland just left him completely helpless. And I think Kerry, that was the statement of attend at the weekend to beat Leash, who, as you said, were, were the best. Which I thought Leash could have possibly went and got a result, but the rack of three twenty against a very good Leash team is is a serious statement of intent and. I think um, they're a team to be reckoned with still at this stage. I mean, What's your thoughts on the Joe McDonough Cup overall? I mean, there's no Ulster Championship this year. Um, obviously, Antrim, Leash, Kerry, I think as well, uh, pulled out of the Leinster section of Lee McCarthy. So too, Westmead. Counties who'd earned the right to be there in the last couple of years. And then a couple of the top counties, Christy Ringwise, got pulled up to the Joe McDonough. Is it worth the experiment? Do you feel like counties earned the right to be in Lee McCarthy and they should be there now? We've only five in uh, Munster, five in Leinster. Um, I know there's a chance for the winners to go into the All-Ireland series as well. Do you think it was a bit premature doing it in 2018? The teams maybe should have earned the right to be in it and started it in 2019? Yeah, listen, I mean, when, you, when you're playing at that level and you're, you're playing at the county, you always want to strive to be the best and you want to strive to be playing at and eating at the top table and essentially the Liam McCarthy is the top table at the end of the day. You know, Andrew experienced it in the league this year, playing 1B, you were back playing the likes of Galway, the Dublin, the Limericks, this world and you naturally raise your game but I do I would be a big um, advocate of the Joe McDonough in its, its form at the minute because I think it's like, I think the fact that Leash who were the best number one ranked team getting into Joe McDonough are sitting with no wins shows how competitive the division is and I think that's a good thing because the teams are constantly you know, it's not predictable. You know, you're not going out, you're not re- being on the end of big score lines. It's not demoralising. You're playing quality sides. Five, you, you know, you're five weeks. You, you're playing plus an extra week's break or whatever else it is. And um, I think it's a, I think it's a great format. I know speaking to the Andrum lads that they're really enjoying it. Um, obviously, playing week on week in um, gives you that bit of momentum. You're constantly playing, constantly getting the chance to challenge yourself. And I think it's. Um, Whatever team offensively does go up will certainly have earned the right to be in Liam McCarthy. But I know I heard Michael Dagman on the Sunday game, on Sunday night there, he was obviously putting forward the point that perhaps they could push the Liam McCarthy to 12 teams or, you know, 14 teams. 
because they feel that some of those teams should be in the Liam McCarthy. And but you know the Harden, I think the Harders have got it right. The, the Harden fraternity in general, I think the footballers will will soon learn their fate when we see what the Super Eights how it works out. But I think that largely speaking to the players that are involved and um, other people who are Harden fanatics that they 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 think it's a it's a positive step. In the five tiers of hurling competition, for the most part, everybody's got a relative chance of winning the competition that they're in. And if we move to the Christie Ring Cup now, uh, this year it's in two groups uh, of four. And uh, some great games at the weekend. I was in Jewel Park in Ockram. Uh, an entertaining battle between Wicklow and Mayo. Would have fancied Mayo slightly to win this one. But Wicklow are, uh, after making uh, great strides in the last couple are some good hurlers and Wexford uh, former Wexford player PJ Nolan in with them he made his debut for Wicklow on Saturday uh, a good win in the end for Wicklow 120 to 211 against Mayo yeah and by all accounts it should have been more I mean uh, as you said Colleen Mayo were promoted to Division 2A this year and with the boost of having Alexa Higgins or the wealth of experience that he brings but I mean comes to, uh, my father would have coached with uh, Manning sorry with uh, Armand down and I've actually been to Ockram a few times and I know how difficult uh, a pitch it is to go to and the likes of Christy Moorhouse, Sandy O'Brien, Warren Kavanagh, these guys have been around the block. They're very they're very good and, and they, they showed it at the weekend and I mean I think everyone saw uh, Gary Burns, John Fenton-esque, his, his best uh, rendition of John Fenton's point that time and I mean I think that just typified what the performance for Wicklow on the day was absolutely fantastic and I mean that's an amazing platform that gives them not to push on beating one of one of the teams that you would have said but were the informed teams coming into the Christie ring yeah definitely and I suppose uh, I'm just thinking there the Celtic challenge and how you know we were talking a second ago about teams getting to play at the right competition the right level uh, the Celtic challenge is going to bring uh, teams on with under 17s now and it's it's going to get more competitive there's going to be more streams of hurlers coming through in every single county and you can see I suppose Wicklow uh, I think it was an under 21b all-Ireland success a couple of years ago and a couple of those lads are starting to make the mark now too yeah and I think the under 21 be All-Ireland their game provides um, a good reason to have these different various competitions because you look to the likes of you know Kerry Kildare Wicklow these uh, these teams and these counties who are producing lads through the under 21 be All-Ireland and who are being showcased in that competition I know obviously it's not the be all end though but for those lads achieving silverware at that level and winning all Ireland medals it's fantastic and it can only drive up participation you know kids coming through kids always want a role model or they always want people to look up to and those lads are providing it in their own respective counties it's the same in Antrim here you know you have lads that are playing on the senior team and and they're driving up participation and for me that's that can only be a good thing and obviously those those counties the likes of workload I mean, are now reaping the rewards for the hard work that they're doing through the likes of the Celtic Challenge and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, the likes of Mayo, Kenny Feeney again, outstanding yeah. um, quality player. Corey Scahill and Aina Ryan got their, their goals as well. Um, Mayo, you feel, they have a home game against Kildare next week. We'll talk more about those games in a couple of minutes, but you feel Mayo will still have a mark to make in this Christie ring? Absolutely. I mean, as I said, they had a fantastic league campaign and that resulted in their promotion to 2A. 
and as you as you alluded to, like you know, Feeney and these boys, <laughs> they, they have showcased it in Crow Park the last couple of years. You know, Feeney's performance against Armagh and and the Nicky Ragger, their team was wonderful. And oh, Mayo, listen, it's a defeat, but they'll not be too disheartened. They'll regroup and they'll refocus and they'll say to themselves, "Listen, lads, we're better." What's gone before has happened, and we need to just refocus for Kildare coming because obviously, after Kildare's result at the weekend, they've they've shown a bit of form, and they'll be coming with their tails up. Yeah, four twenty six to one ten win for Kildare over Ross Common. Uh, Martin Fitzgerald with a hat trick. He he was out for uh, a while a couple of years back, but he's back uh, better than ever. Uh, we mentioned under twenty one B All Ireland. He was a player who featured in one in Temple Stadium a few years ago, and. You know, Kildare starting to get back on track again because they didn't have the best of league campaigns. No, and and that's it, and, and it just shows you as the year goes on. And I mean, Martin Fitzgerald, I think it was two twelve to six at half time, so it was more than convincing win over as common. And then you, you throw Martin into the mix, and you've guys, you guys like Paul Devley there, and it just as a team going forward, they would have been saying at the outset of the year that they would be aiming for the Crystal Ring. We, we played them last year in a Crystal Ring and I, I know how, how good of a side they are and I know the work that um, Quaid has been doing under them and as the Christie ring for me is the exact same as Joe McDonough. You know, you're looking at so many teams there and thinking to yourself, "Oh, wouldn't like to be to be picking the winner at this stage out of them because there's so much potential within each team." And speaking of potential, um, Group Two down a big win over Armagh, six twenty-one to eleven points in Ballycrane. I suppose one of the things here that has to be taken into uh, consideration. There's a lot of players after going from Armagh since the end of the league. Yeah, and um, that's one thing when people say to me about Armagh hurling. I think this year the the lads that have have accepted that there has to be a transition. You know, there's a changing of the old guard. Lads like Cahill, Carville, Ryan, Gaffney. Those lads have soldiered on and gave tremendous service to Armagh over the years, and. They, they, they're just trying to blood younger lads now. And, and unfortunately, sometimes when you're trying to blood younger lads, especially at such a high level, beatings like that, they, they may come more often than you wish. But at the end of the day, it'll stand those lads in the long, in the long run. They're getting that intercounty experience. They're cutting their teeth. And Arma are being bold. They're saying, listen, these are lads of the future. We're playing them now. And, and that's the way it is. I know, obviously, the change of management <laughs> mid-season wouldn't have been ideal. But... Um, I think Armagh themselves, with the likes of Nathan Curry, Johnny Carvin, Marshall, or Sam and Doherty, those guys, they, they'll give the advice and the, the more mature statesmen of the teams die and they'll look after the younger lads. But um, down, I think, uh, down every huge side and I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out of him in the Christie Ring sign come the end of it. Yeah, you mentioned Simon Doherty, Nathan Curry's also there. Stephen Renahan's been good in the last couple of years, but I, I suppose in any competition when it comes to the championship, it's the depth of the squad and Down have a pretty good squad at the moment. Dahi and Owen Sands got uh, four of the six goals at the weekend. Declan McManus was also on target as well in the first half. Um, you, you know, Down will have a big say here Armagh will probably be fighting relegation. Yeah, as, as I said, um, we're lucky enough that uh, Ballygalgut, Portafari and Ballycran, the three, down, the three Peninsula teams, sorry, um, they play in the Antrim League, so we're exposed to those lads. And uh, we see, I would see firsthand the, the quality that Down have. Um, I think Down are, are, are quite like Armagh in the sense that the, a few of the more mature players, are the, 
lads who are a bit more experienced have, uh, have been unavailable for them this year. So they've turned to the likes of Dahi Sands, Owen Sands, and Pierce Oden Cricker, like even Declan McManuser, who would be um, considered a more mature man on the team at this stage, is only 25. So that speaks volume about the age level. But having said that, they're, they're packed with quality, and I do think that... Um, on their day, that they're more than than capable of taking any of the teams that are still left in the Chris or in the Christie Ring. Sorry. One of the games of the day was in the Christie Ring Cup, and it came up in balance screen. A two-point win for London over Derry. Um, Chrissy McCaig, of course, the jewel star. He was yeah. Derry's captain. Um, but what what a finish from London. The likes of Henry Vaughan uh, playing well for them. London will have a mark. Um, they they won this competition a couple of times, of course, in Crow Park deciders, but they've been out of the frame a little bit in the last few years. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously London they're unique in, in terms of the the players that they, they mightn't have the same group of players each year and the the travel um, buyers there are at times because I was speaking to a few lads that had previously played with London and they were saying that they were travelling an hour and a half across the city just to get. Um, just even get close to trend another 40 minutes after that so I think at times we're lucky because we're at home and we take for granted the, um, how difficult it is uh, for the likes of London but I I remember when my father took our mark the likes of Martin Finn and all um, quality players and uh, Henry Vaughan at the weekend obviously went extremely well I was surprised I thought you know with the likes of Chris either and the slot knee contingent back um, backbone in the Derry team, especially with it being a slot knee, the game, I thought that uh, Derry, but I mean, that's again, there's a fantastic win for London and they're rewarded with, um, I think they play down this week in R- Rouselip and, uh, you know, what says that they won't go and make it two from two and beat down? Big, uh, win uh, for London I mean I think it was 8 from Slocknail that were lined out for Derry and then you did two Waldron Blooders who won All-Ireland titles with Kula in the last couple of years uh, as well so um, former Kilmacoe Crokes player Kevin O'Loughlin got a penalty goal they were one twelve to 8 ahead at, at half time I mean this competition is very competitive I know there was big wins for Kildare and Down but other than that it's going to be pretty tight over the remainder of the Christie ring No absolutely and I think London the big bonus of Dale looked and the most pleasing thing will be that the fact that they tipped on three points at the, at the death and, and when it really mattered that when the game was in the middle pot they were able to defend that bit extra and, and get across the lane and as I say it's a fantastic victory to go to the Slockneal and beat a dairy team which are backbone by Slockneal club men who are in the Iron club semi-final then they'll be extremely happy with that but as as I said before Colin I think it's Again, I think it's the, it's it's going to be extremely tight. I wouldn't like for you to put me on the spot now and say, um, give me your choice for the Christie Ring winner. As you said, you know, I think Kildare and the down results were somewhat overshadowed how, how competitive um, or misleading. But as far as I'm concerned, I think none of the teams will be uh, overly sure of where they stand at this stage. And every week brings a new challenge for them. So I think it's... Uh, there's still a long way to go in that competition yet and likewise in the Nicky Rackard Cup it's going to be pretty tight I think as well uh, I suppose if we look at Group 1 firstly Warwickshire and Loud it uh, was the league final pairing in Trim a few weeks ago in Division 3A I was at that encounter very tight uh, Warwickshire beat Loud I think it was the first time Warwickshire had actually beaten a Loud team and again they've backed it up uh, in Dowdle Hill on Saturday 3-19 to 1-16 uh, of course, a couple of Antrim 
interim lads involved with Warwickshire. I know Adrian Downey, fellow club man of yours, I don't think he was playing uh, out with an injury on uh, Saturday but Niall McKenna of course you've played alongside with Antrim he's been a huge addition this year they don't have Liam Watson this time round but they're certainly racking up the scores and a big win on Saturday No absolutely and I think as, as you alluded to Colleen the additions of um, Niall McKenna and Don Nugent who have the, the, the recent past uh, stripped out and played in the county for, for Antrim are, are huge I think obviously Gary Lennon's are also he's another man he's a source he's man from the city here and the likes of Paul Hoban and Gavin Duffy, who was involved with coaching Lockheed the year they won the Club of Ireland and also was was uh, involved with coaching Ross O'Commogues when he was in part of the Earl Ireland setup. So, I mean, that, that in itself, recruiting that level of um, players and also coaching expertise is a statement in itself. And I know Louth were missing, obviously, the two authors, Niall and Jerry, so they were, they were sort of struggling. I know Paddy Lynch, was he was leading the line for them, but... I think Warwickshire, they they they'll be very they'll be looking to make Kroger. They'll be looking to make the finals. When I'm chatting to Donal when he's home there, they're saying that uh, they've set their solid and and that's where they're hoping to end up. Yeah, Warwickshire a team you'd imagine will be in Crow Park. There's no doubt about that. We talked about London a, a few minutes ago as well, and uh, of course Lancashire will be in action in, in the Lorimar Cup on uh, Saturday in Manchester. I'm actually going over to that one against Sligo. Um, you know there are three teams that have realistic chances of being in Crow Park. Warwickshire and Lancashire, of course, have already taken league titles. That's fantastic, and as I said, the same at London. <laughs> allowing lads that opportunity who are working abroad for if they were back here they'd be they'd be trying to be pushing them or to be hurling with their county teams and it's fantastic i mean i would i would, I would be a big advocate of of um of those teams and, and hoping to see success for them because it, we take as i said we take it for granted at times and those lads are given you know untold sacrifice and having to go away for work and whatever and you know what it's just it's for me it's spreading hurling even more it's spreading the ga even more and uh, as much as we can spread it as possible with, throughout the world because at the end of the day for me it's the best game in the world so um, I'm more than happy to see the uh, Lancashire Warwickshire and obviously London then pushing on and succeeding as best as possible Monaghan are a team that could push on they had a big win against Longford 4-19 to 2-10 in Inishkeen on Saturday they've a team that haven't seen too much of Crow Park in the last couple of years since these competitions came about but good players Mark Trainer, Brian McGuigan and Ty Campbell also Eamon Collins uh, got goals for them uh, I know Joe O'Brien got both of Longford's goals there's a big push on in Hurling in Longford at the moment they've appointed Seamus Hughes as a development officer recently but this is a significant win for Monaghan and if they can back this up who knows what happens but of course they're going to have to face Warwickshire in the next couple of weeks that's going to be a tough one but a good win for the Farney County nonetheless on Saturday no absolutely uh, I think um, uh, an old school teacher of mine Tony Austin would have been involved in Monaghan there and um, the likes of Mark Trainer 1-3 from midfield Eamon Collins I think he had 1-7 from full forward those guys are going to do damage and I think now the, the cat's out of the bag and they're obviously going to be marked men but Monaghan last year they you know they to speaking to Tony, he he feels to have the players just sort of consistency at times, and but after that, that's a convincing result to start off. Obviously, the Warwickshire game is going to come up, and that's going to be a serious test for them. But if they can get the momentum and if they can keep winning and racking up big scores, then who, who knows where they could end up, and it would be 
great to see them. Uh, Monaghan playing in Croke Park because as a player, that's for anyone, that's the ultimate goal. Another team that'll be keen to push on and a, a team that have been around finals in the last couple of years are Donegal. Uh, another team, of course, has been around finals. Tyrone, a big win for Donegal, though significant enough, 126 to 112, 14 point win in the end. And Declan Coulter, of course, who, who played for Armagh with 13 points. Davin Flynn as well with 1-5 for Donegal. Uh, Donegal are going to lay down the marker now for the championship. Oh, absolutely. Um, Donegal are one of the teams that I, uh, I'm extremely happy. It's great to see because Gabriel O'Kane's in there and Gabriel, he's originally a Dungiven man. He's living in Ballon Screen, but he's been involved with Armagh, he's been involved with Derry and he's, he's a fanatical hurling man. It's, and you can see that enthusiasm is obviously rubbing off in the players. And Donegal, not only this season, but but previous previously last year, how well they went in the Ulster Championship in the league also. You know, Donegal, there could be an argument there made that they're the second-best team going on, on the results. They're the second-best team in Ulster after Antrim. I mean, they were able to beat down, they were able to beat Armagh. So you can't really complain with that. And as you alluded to, you know, Davin Flynn won five to Daggy Coulter. Daggy and himself, he's a class act. And Danny, Danny Cullen also, who had the privilege of playing the Railway Cup with, Danny Cullen would walk on to... For me, any any of the Joe McDonough teams, you know, let alone um, Starn and the Nicky Racket, he's a fantastic guy and, he, and he's a fantastic hurler. And um, Satanta, obviously, going so well in the club championship year, has done, done like all the world of good. But I think Toronto will be disappointed with that result yeah the likes of Damien Casey of course he's been outstanding for them in the last couple of years but they've others like Chris Kearns Larkin Devlin uh, Dermot Begley Park McHugh as well um, there's a good all round team in Tyrone and they have the hurlers and they'll hope to bounce back now I'm sure from this no absolutely I think they'll be surprised themselves by the result and as you alluded to, the likes of uh, Damien and Chris Kearns and Larkin and Devon and these lads and Jeremy Begley, they've been about and, and I think knowing what kind of people they are, very determined and they'll have the bit between the teeth now. They'll be disappointed or resulting and keen to right the wrongs of obviously last weekend. But I do think that Donegal, for me, could be at the minute the favourites to win the Nicky record to say, obviously, between themselves and Warwickshire. I think that's that will be... The, the final turn at this rate with the quality of players both teams have well we'll keep a note of that and see if you're right in the next few weeks but but looking ahead to uh, next weekend firstly uh, back to the Joe McDonough Cup and sure we'll start with Antrim versus Leash uh, we're, uh, we we meet often enough anyway we, we always seem to be facing each other at least once or twice every year over the last couple of years uh, you've played in your fair few Antrim Leash matches they're hard to predict really aren't they? No, it's very difficult to predict I mean um, I think the familiarity that there's going to be no surprises on either side and Antrim will know what Leash will bring to the table like with Leash will know what Antrim but uh, I think purely when it comes to this fixture, it's all whatever team performs on the day. I mean, we went to O'Meara Park and we've got results. And obviously, Leish more recently have came to Deny and got results. So, literally, this one's going to be on, come down on the day. Leish, obviously, they're they're going to be hugely hungry for a win. And Antrim, you would imagine if Antrim were able to get that third win, it'd be well on the way to being in contention to be in the final. So, there's a lot on the line for both teams this weekend. 
Yeah, in recent years uh, and a lot of occasions where they've been decisive matches, Leash have come out to the fore. We mentioned the 1B, that crucial game earlier this year in the league. This is a crucial game for Leash, maybe more so than Antrim, because this will be one they'll be looking at. and It could decide maybe the second team to get to the final of the Joe McDonough Cup, depending on other results, of course. Yeah, it's, I mean, Leash, as I said, one performance at times can seem to turn team season and sports very fickle like that. And who's to say Leash don't come to the lie on Saturday and produce a fantastic performance, as they're more than capable of and as we've seen over the years. And um, and, and that could kickstart their season in the Joe McDonough. And, and who's to say that they wouldn't go on and win the three games, obviously. I think um, Leash really, more so than Antrim, they, they, they really do need a result this week. Obviously, they need to get points on the board at some stage. Um, but uh, obviously, being an Antrim man, and um, the way Antrim performing, you would be hopeful that they, they could push on and, and bring that same level of consistency and intensity into the game on Saturday. And you would hope that if we were able to get over the line and get another two points racked up on the board that surely we would be in with a good shot of um, making the Joe McDonald final hopefully that's at half one in Dunloy on Saturday and at three o'clock the same afternoon at Netwatch Cullen Park Carlo against Meath Carlo will be keen to bounce back after losing to Antrim and I'm sure likewise Meath after losing to West Meath yeah and I think it's um, obviously Carlo are going to have a few suspensions but as I said the likes of Marty Kavanagh and Seamus Murphy and these lads they didn't play last week and, and they're more than capable of coming back in and filling those gaps and I think it's uh, just with the quality that Carlo have I think it's uh, Meath obviously they're going to have the bit between the teeth naturally enough they, they, they've suffered two defeats so far and you would imagine that if they, if they were beaten this weekend, that they would be looking at the relegation playoff um, from the Joe McDonough. But I think Carlo just, for me, I think Carlo are a real, real quality side and they just edge it for me this weekend. If we look at Kerry and Westmead then on Sunday at 3 o'clock, it's another home game for Kerry in Austin Stag Park, Tralee. It's a hard venue to get results out of and uh, Kerry will be uh, trying to keep that fortress mentality up against Westmead on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, and um, as I said, it's uh, that's definitely a fixture that <laughs> I'm definitely not going to call in that sense because it's purely on the day. But either side, you know, it's it's just too tight to call. Simply too tight to call. Um, if Westmeath were able to get a win, I think that's that's going to push them into the same position that they, they'll be hoping to secure that one of those final two spots and uh, but obviously Kerry they'll be rejuvenated after a fantastic win over Leash and it's going to be a fantastic game of hurling I would say both sets of Kerry and Westmeath and any neutrals that are at a game are going to be treated to a fantastic game and um, that's, that's what you want you know this is why the competition was designed and this is what we're hoping for. We're moving on to the Christie Ring Cup two group one games on Saturday Mayo at home at James Stevens Park in Balna against Kildare that one's down at three o'clock Mayo will be keen to bounce back a disappointing display in ways against Wicklow against the Kildare team that were uh, firing on all cylinders against Roscommon. Yeah, Kildare, I mean, after uh, racking up such a big score against Roscommon, well, they'll be coming with their tails up and, and they'll be coming in, in full full expectation that they'll be taking away another two points. As you said, Mayo, the disappointment of um, having such a good league campaign and coming in and losing the first game, but it's not to be on them. All Mayo are too good of a team uh, as we already previously alluded to, like Safini and Boland and these lads, they if they turn up and, and they produce a, a performance, you would imagine that that'll be a right good game. But, uh, I still think that 
perhaps with um, Kildare heads that one and in the other clashing group one in at league it's uh, another case of the team that lost last weekend at home to the team that won Roscommon against Wicklow um, hard enough to call Roscommon can make things sticky and Plenty of good players there, Nish Connaughton, loads of other names, Jerry Fallon, former All-Earn Pukfada winner. They're not too bad, and when Roscommon get it together on the day, who knows what could happen, but Wicklow will be certainly uh, on fire after last weekend, and they'll want to drive it on even more. No, it's absolutely. Um, Wicklow, <laughs> to, to be a, a team of males quality they'll be looking at this weekend and saying to themselves can we can we reproduce another performance and what sort of platform will that give us you know if we can do back to back two fantastic performances then we're we're making progress we're, we'll be doing okay to say the very least but we'll be going rightly but there's common as you, as you alluded to like Jerry Fallon and Connaughton these lads They'll be they'll be licking their wounds. They'll be hurt from the results, the magnitude of the loss. But um, on their day, we played them uh, last year, and uh, we played them in the, the Christie Ring, and it was just it was a very shy two years ago in the Christie Ring in Deloy, and on that day they made things very difficult, and it was just. Um, it was a real gritty, ballsy performance for us coming, and that, and that's what they're capable of, and. Uh, and albeit Michael had a fantastic win against Mayo, he just I wouldn't really like Russ Common too early. Speaking of making things difficult, um Armav probably made things very difficult for themselves with a lot of withdrawals in the last couple of weeks from the squad. They're at home in Group 2 on Saturday at the Athletic Grounds against Derry at 1 o'clock. You'd have to fancy Derry here because Armagh got trounced by down those six goals. Uh, Real the difference. And Derry unlucky not to beat London in the end. No, and absolutely. I have to agree with you there, Colleen. Um, I think uh, my own club mates in with the Hardy will not appreciate me sharing that view, but I think it's hard to, hard to look past Derry. I was, as I said it before, I was surprised when I seen the quality of the Derry team that they're actually beating the first round. But listen, these competitions, they always give you another chance and you, that's a good thing at this early stage. You have another uh, bit of the cherry to redeem yourself. They'll go to the athletic grounds, you know, Alexa Chrissy, Cormac Doherty, Shane McGuigan, Sparky McGuigan, these lads, they'll go on full hope that... Um, they're, they're able to, to put in a solid performance and um, I think for Armagh just it's hard to know with Armagh as we said with so many withdrawals and the management change and the sort of the change in the old guard it, it is going to be a difficult year and you, you could you wouldn't say that perhaps that down result is going to be the last um, heavy defeat I hope it isn't or I hope it is sorry the, the last heavy defeat for them because obviously it's not nice to endure that but you can't see anything but a dairy win at the weekend, sadly. It's already a top of the table clash in Group 2 with the Christie Ring. London at home to Down and McGovern Park in Ricelip at 2.30 on Sunday. This one could go either way. Absolutely. We we went there um, with London when they beat us in the league. Ricelip's a very, very difficult place to go. Down... <laughs> Down would say that they'll target this game and they'll look at it and say, if we were able to go to Rouslip, beating a quality team of London's calibre, that would that would seriously push our year on and and it would it would show that we're going in the right direction and, and the faith that we've put in the younger lads. But I don't know. Uh, it's depend. London will for London as I say, I keep saying London to go to Slockheel and get that sort of result. London will be welcoming down to Rouslip because it, it's a, as I said, it's a very difficult place to go to. 
and I'm, I'm sure long enough set their stall out and they're expecting another two points. Moving on to the Nicky Rackard Cup, uh, two fixtures in Group 1 on Saturday. Warwickshire up against Monaghan at 2 and Longford at home to Loud in Glennon Brothers Pierce Park at 3. Um, firstly, Warwickshire and Monaghan, obviously two teams coming in after big wins last weekend it'll be tough for Monaghan to travel over to Park Naheran in Birmingham and get a result but you'd imagine this one's going to be tight enough yeah and I think it'll be a tester for Monaghan to get a true reflection perhaps of where of where they're at we've already alluded to and we've spoke about how we think that Warwickshire could, could well be winning for the shout with actually winning the competition so I think it'll, it'll provide a good barometer for Monaghan that, uh, the progress they've made and, and obviously what's working for them but travelling to Birmingham and as we've said the, the additions that Warwickshire made to the squad this year it's going to be a very difficult or uh, would be very difficult sorry to see anything but a Warwickshire win in that situation Longford versus Loud, both teams chasing a first win here. As we mentioned, Loud got to the division uh, 3A decider, lost out to Warwickshire. Um, if Loud have the Arthurs back, it could make a difference, but Longford are formidable enough at home. Yeah, I think Loud will be keen to get Niall and Jerry back, and um, <laughs> they're obviously crucial to, 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 to the, how they're going and, uh, and their performances throughout the year, and I was typified by their their league form um, but Longford Longford are, they could make things very difficult for life and c- coming to that sort of that game where we're wearing a bit they're unsure of themselves you know obviously it was a difficult game against Monaghan and to concede 419 is not overly great but that's a that's, that's a very difficult fixture to call that one I, I would say perhaps as I said if the two authors are are fit and able to play you would you would tip your hat towards life in that respect just one game in group two of course it is a three-team group Donegal after beating Tyrone last weekend uh, they'll host Leitrim on Saturday at three o'clock in uh, Letterkenny in O'Donnell Park Leitrim haven't had a bad couple of years they got to the cider in Crow Park last year that of course was the Larry Mark Cup. this is going to be tough for them yeah, and I think this is going to be um, being their first game. Obviously, Donegal have had the had the luxury of, of having a game under their belt, and that will stand them. And um, Leitrim, but Leitrim are rally sets a challenge. You know, Leitrim are, are not they're they're going in the right direction. They're pro, you know, it's all progress. Last year they were unlucky to lose out to Warwickshire, and um, obviously Warwickshire led by the bow Liam Watson, and we we know what sort of player he is. But um, later they'll be relishing that that chance, and they'll be looking to see where they're at essentially come championship time. And I think it'll give them a good a good opening game, good hard tough tester to see where they're at. Donegal win here, and they'll be uh, true out of the group stages first to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it's it's hard to look past Donegal for the win. I mean, one racking up one twenty six, and we've already went through the players that they have and Gabriel to Hamler, and I would I would love to see them really push on and give the the Nick a real crack this year. It's the first round of the Larry Mar Cup uh, this weekend. We've got Lancashire, Sligo, Fermanagh and uh, Cavan in action, of course. And the first game, it's over in Manchester at the old Bendian Sports Ground. Uh, that's where I'm going to be on Saturday. Lancashire and Sligo, hopefully they'll give me an entertaining match. Yeah, well, 
we're hoping so anyway. I mean, that's slag will hand to travel over to Manchester. It brings with itself its its difficulties, and um, I'm sure it's unusual territory for them. But Lancashire, um, they'll be they're also you know they're progressing, and sometimes it's very difficult to to call and. Um, what sort of team or what players are going to be working off of the basis? But by, by, by and large, from talking to some of the Warwickshire lads, they they were saying that Lancashire have a very good team this year, and that um, they'll be they'll be keen to push on in the Larimar and have a real chance at silverware. In terms of Fermanagh and Cavan, I suppose Cavan returned after a couple of years to action last year. Um, they're, they're still working hard. I know a few years back they managed the Division 2 Ulster Minor B double, so they have the talent there as well. And for Man, I suppose, uh, some bad results for them during the league as well. They've got good talent too, but you've two counties here working off very small pools of players. It's at 5 o'clock in Brewster Park on Saturday. Yeah, listen, I think it's, it's, it's been well documented that the struggles that Fermanagh and Cavan have both endured, they're, they're harder, they're hurting people anyway. And I mean, I think Cavan, it's fantastic to see that they're back playing. You know, we want, for me as a Harlem man, we, we want every county participating and we, we want every county pushing on and and promoting the game of Harlem. And Cavan, you know, it's, I think Denny Cahill, I was talking to him and he was in doing a few sessions with them last year. And, and you know, it's it's just when they're back out playing, everything's a bonus. Then at that stage, you know the performances. Let's let they're working hard. Let's let's see where it takes them. You know, and it's we can not nothing but applaud and 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 encourage and every opportunity that we we have, we must be pushing on. Um, the likes of Cabin and Fermanagh who are are struggling. I mean, Fermanagh are working off a base of essentially one club. Yeah, high difficulties. I know other. I know other counties might work off three or four, but I mean to be working off one club, you can see that right away the buyers that they're going to be facing. And um, but for manner of from the club teams, the likes of Lesson Ski and Les Blah, that they were the were once there, and they were they were good competitive club teams in the intermediate championships in Ulster and. It would be great to see a return to that nature. Um, indeed, Shay Curran, who's actually Harlem or Fermanagh, was Harlem in my own club last year. And Shay's, Shay's a quality player and, and, and an absolutely Harlem mad man. And it's just for the likes of those lads, I want, you wish all the best and you wish they, for, they constantly push on and progress. Well, from Austin Stack Park in Tralee, across to McGovern Park in Ricelip, and then to Park Nairn in Birmingham, and across to Manchester, there's 12 games in total between the Joe McDonough, Christy Ring, Nicky Rackard and Laurie Marr competitions this weekend, so there's plenty to whet the hurling appetite, not to mind, of course, the action in Leinster and Munster as well in the Senior Hurling Championships, but uh, plenty to mull over there, uh, Kieran. Thanks very much for joining us, and we We'll be back here next Wednesday on Sports Talk Sideline Cut Podcast for another look at the weekend's action and a look ahead to what's to come. But thanks very much, Kieran, for joining us. No worries, Colin. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Perfect. And thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll join you again next week. All right, slam.